Hi, I'm Brooke Cunninger, and this is the Embracing the Messy Middle podcast. Listen, if you're feeling overworked, drained, tired, like you're just going through life a little on autopilot, I get it. As a working mom with three small kids, I was waiting for life to slow down and for work to ease up to finally spend time figuring out what made me happy, fulfilled, and healthy. But guess what? Life never slows down. And if you're feeling the same way, well, then this podcast is for you. I'm on a mission to walk this messy path with you. Join me as I dig into the unique needs of working women. I'll interview those who have leaned into their messy and learned their greatest talents and gifts, women who have made a change either personally or professionally, and the learnings that came with that, and I'll share tools and research that I hope will both inspire and help you learn to love and embrace your life in the messy middle. So grab your coffee or wine and listen in. It's time to get messy. You guys, I am really excited to introduce you to this week's guest. I'm talking with Tara Hansky. A little bit about her. She is a health and lifestyle coach. She is a bar instructor, a yoga instructor. She's a former NCAA Division I athlete. She is a mom of three. And she is just, as I introduce her, you'll hear, such a wealth of knowledge, um, has always been such a good teacher to me and leader in, to me in how to prioritize your own health and wellness amongst the craziness that is being a mom, amongst the craziness that is an entrepreneurial journey. How do you lean into what you enjoy and really honest and real about the ups and downs? And it's not easy, but continuing to prioritize yourself is super important. But not only because of all of that, and that's a, that's we start the conversation off with all of that, but um, she has recently um, gotten more into uh, perimenopause and educating women around that and what that is and how you can prioritize your own health and what's out there around how to um, help you balance your hormones. Um, And I have to admit that I was so oblivious about much of this. It was really enlightening for me, especially as we're having babies later into our 30s. Um, and it can be hard to differentiate, you know, what is just normal tiredness and stress around having young children and their needs and what is normal um, postnatal changes, you know, you're still going through hormonal changes and your body's changing. And so how can you differentiate that from some of the stuff that starts happening here in per- perimenopause and what's out there to really know um, how to kind of give your body what it needs. So um, it's a really enlightening conversation for me. I hope it is for all of you. Um, We will dive deep into some educational things around your hormones, which was also enlightening to me. So I hope you all enjoy this episode with Tara Hansky. Hi, Tara. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I know. So um, just for everyone who's listening, Tara and I go back several years <laughs> a while yeah, now this little little boy yeah yeah so we both have three kids now and our oldest were like I think you had two and that maybe I only had one when we first met it's been a while um but I feel like we go for years honestly a couple years and then I reconnect with you for a variety of reasons and um I feel like our lives are running parallel lives so it's like I feel like I could talk to you for I don't know, hours. Um, So when I was asking you to be on here, there's so many things that I thought we could start with. But one of the things, Tara, you have been like this beacon. Every time I, every time I see you, one, just a calming presence, whether you try and exude Mm -hmm. that or not, but two, um, a beacon of like how to live healthier. So as long as I've known you, you've been in the, the health space. So maybe can you just start by introducing kind of the last couple of years of your life, what you focused on and what kind of your background? Yeah, of course. Um, so I, it's, that question is so hard for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, um, I probably told you this before, but we had, I had gone to a new dentist and he's like, tell me a little bit about yourself. And I froze and I was like, I'm a mom. I have like, three kids. <laughs> and that was like it. Like as if there was like nothing else about me that I could even muster up. Um, And so it's hard because I feel like, yeah, yeah, we go into this identity crisis. Mm -hmm. um, And I think I had just recently left my full-time job. Yeah. Um, So I've been doing, I've been in the health, wellness, fitness space for 
a long time. Um, I was a division one athlete and came out of college. After my first baby, I went to school for health coaching and I've been coaching on the side of every job that I've ever had since then. So it's been almost 13 years doing that. Um, and then I got into the fitness space and I've taught pure bar and yoga for a long time. Um, but my own personal journey, I think that's sort of like where it, where I, or how I ended up in that area is because, um, you know, being pregnant for the first time and learning all of these things and feeling like you, um, had to pay attention to everything you're putting in your body and what you're putting in their body. And, um, it kind of, that's kind of what led me to that, um, career choice. And I've really, really loved it. Um, it's always been my goal to try to work from home ever since I had, uh, my first and, um, that has been harder than everyone led on that it would be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. It was this painted picture of just ease and flexibility. And, um, there are aspects of that, but it's, it's been really hard. I've had, um, full-time jobs where, you know, I didn't have a nanny. I had the grandmothers that would help a little bit, yeah. which was such a blessing, but, um, nothing really consistent in terms of childcare until they all finally went to school. And that just happened two years ago. So, you know, working and nursing and pumping and all of that stuff. Um, it's been quite a challenge, but so anyway, that's where I am. I'm a mom with three kids and I've been um, working full-time and health coaching and teaching fitness all at the same time for the last 10-ish years. I want, can um, we, sorry to interrupt, but can we just pause? Because you, I yeah. just said it, it's really so many important things, but one around, you know, the podcast called Embracing the Messy Middle. And we're going to go into the health side too. But you and I, we were just talking before we started recording about the entrepreneurial path and trying to follow kind of your passion and what you love and juggling all the things. And you just said, you know, you kind of knew you wanted to be able to have the flexibility to stay at home. I think a lot of moms, my story anyways, was it took me a while to admit that to myself um, of how my values had changed and how important it was to be with the kids in a certain aspect. But also I do have this whole other identity of my, my professional and how that kind of has transitioned. It seems you had this idea early on that you knew you wanted to kind of be there for the kids, but trying to juggle all the things. And you said it already, like, I feel like that as you have more kids, it takes up more and more. How has that journey, can you just say like, to kind of carve out the space, you said you've been doing this health coaching on the side and since you can remember, has that always filled you up and you knew you wanted to carve that or has that kind of, did that bubble say get smaller as you know, you had more kids and now you're trying to carve more of a space for that? How has how that like that identity of yours kind of evolved through having the, your kids and the time that they've taken up? Yeah, I think that it's it's evolved quite a bit because I started with just flat out health coaching people one on one and um, you know teaching them to clean out their pantry and how to grocery shop and you know very basic basic yeah. things um, and I really enjoyed that. But as I grew and as I was on my own personal development and my own motherhood journey, all of that has really evolved and it's really kind of turned into lifestyle coaching. And mm -hmm. um, I've had clients where it's really, they come to me because they want to lose weight or they want to learn more about health and wellness. But what we really end up doing is a deep dive into self-care and um, personal development and personal growth. And it ends up being so more about who are you and who do you want to be and, and how do you want to get there? And what does that person have to do every day in order for you to live like that person? You have to kind of think about how you want to show up and then, okay, what are the things that this person does? What are those habits? What are those um, affirmations? And what's the mindset of, of that person? And, and that's how you have to kind of grow into that. So my health coaching kind of turned into lifestyle coaching. Yeah. And so I think that, which is the lovely part about it, which is why I always wanted to be my own bosses, could morph it into whatever was filling me up at the time. And I think that it mirrors what we go through, right? Like we teach yeah. what 
what we need the most sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of how I ended up in this with this perimenopause course, because that's, that's the reality, you know? Yeah. Um, but it has certainly changed with each kid. Um, you know, it got harder. My third was, um, it was very difficult. I had waited. I had him when I was 34. I was like, oh my gosh, with, um, all the activities and different things. And I was, and I was, all of that fell on me, even though I still had a full-time job and was trying to do my side business. Um, and I was like, something's got to give. And so I thought the answer was to leave that job. And I was like, all right, I'm going to hit the ground running, go off on my own, like fully 100%. And then the pandemic hit. (laughs) So many things. It's like, I, it's like you're in my head, just like articulate. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's morphed. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've had to learn to just kind of pivot and like roll with it and lean in, um, you know, especially when they were really little, yeah. you know, those sick days and the days where they were just super clingy. It's like yeah. they fed off of my energy. And so I really had to learn how to kind of control that yeah. in order to keep the peace. And, have, and just get through those stages. Have you always been clear? Because you, you said, I mean, it's, it's so true is the first step. And I, I know a lot of women, this is, this is where we fall short is even aware of what we need. And so like you said, as you're, as the kind of situation changes, you have more kids, there's more requirements on you. Have you always been clear? This is what I need to fill me personally, my bucket and like, Clearly, you don't know, you can't always get that with three kids and trying to do all this stuff. But, um, or has that been an evolution for you? Um, and, and what brings this up too is you've recently been posting a lot, which I love, is like the morning routine that you need. And I want to get into mm-hmm. kind of what that is because I think a lot of women, yeah, the more you hear what it is for others, you get these ideas. But have you always been clear on that, or has that been an evolution too of like, I need to really reflect and learn what it is that fills me up? Yeah, no, I think that's definitely been an evolution, you know, like I said, with the dentist. And then even when I was like, okay, you know what, I've, I need to go to the doctor. Something is, I hadn't been to a doctor in, you know, besides your, you know, baby years, pregnancy years, like I hadn't been to a real doctor. I would still call my pediatrician for um, antibiotics for like a sinus infection. So I just, I didn't have a doctor. So I was like, yeah. you know what? I got to go to the doctor. And he said the same thing. He was like, how much time do you have to yourself? Mm-hmm. And I laughed out loud, like in his face, I was like, is that a joke? Like, are you serious? I just told you I have three kids. Yep. We're in the pandemic. There's hybrid school. They're on different days. Like I can't, I, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like time to myself. Like I, my house is not big enough. It's like a slap <laughs> in the face to ask them. What do you yeah. mean? <laughs> of course I don't. So he was like, you need time to yourself. Like you have got to, this is like serious. Yeah. Like you need 20 minutes once a week. And I was like, okay, okay. I think I can manage that. Like it was, that was how hard it was at first. And so it's absolutely an evolution. It's, um, I think every time I go back to it, right. Every time that I go back into taking care of myself and making myself a priority, I'm reminded of, okay, I need to do this all the time because otherwise I am going to fall apart. And then if I fall apart, everybody falls apart. Or if I get sick, you know, then what happens? It's, I mean, I know we've all heard it before, fill your cup up and the oxygen mask and everything. Mm -hmm. But as I've been on this kind of evolution to prioritize myself and lean into like what, what brings me joy and fills me up and all that stuff. I absolutely to your point, see it in the family. Like when I am, Mm -hmm. When I am short, when I have no patience, when I'm tired, the whole household <laughs> literally responds yeah. within two minutes to my mood. It is unbelievable. And that's not to put me, but I do, moms are like, I am the, mm-hmm. I am the um, emotional measurement of the the house. Like last night, yesterday, the kids are off school. So I took yeah. them skiing and my younger had never been. And so it was like lessons, but you know, it's not an easy, just go. <laughs> they were, t- she was tired. My oldest was tired. No. And it was like when everyone's crying, you know, everyone's like, and I was like trying to like maintain hers. And then my middle one got upset. And so he was like crying, like on me and he's eight, but he's still like getting clingy. And I was just, it was this out of body moment too, to your point, which is like, at, like it is so necessary 
to fill yourself up because it is just everyone else does that. But like, I didn't realize that for the longest time until I started doing that and seeing the response. And then I don't know if this resonates with you, but for me, it's almost like I knew all along, I won't even say what I needed, but like, I would always get frustrated at starting at, I don't know, 7 30 PM. I'd have zero patience. I know my husband would be like, he'd be like, mm-hmm. why are you, why are you yelling at the kids? And I'd be like, I don't know. It's just been, I, I don't know. And I finally acknowledged for myself, that is my day, my day. By the time seven 30 hits, I've, I've like, and almost allow it, allow those feelings and be like, I know every time I have no patience. I don't want anyone else clinging to me anymore. I need everyone to sleep. Cause I need my time, you know, and never by like eight 30, but I think I pushed it off. I was like, oh, I must just be PMSing or I must just have not had enough caught, whatever. I don't know, whatever it is. But like allowing those feelings a little bit and being like, okay, that is the natural rhythm. I'm allowed to like mm-hmm. have dips and then like give myself that time and allowance because then otherwise like the whole house is just like on eggshell. It is crazy. And I feel like too, certain times when I would try to, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up early. And when the kids were really young, this is what happens. But I feel like it happens on the weekends, right? Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up early. Everyone will sleep in. I'm going to have some time, have some coffee to myself. It'll uh-huh. be quiet. And then it's like, here they come. Oh my and I'm God. like, what the heck? Oh my God. You know, just sleep in. What are you doing? It's like, they know you're awake or like, yep. it's like, they know when you sit down to relax, mm-hmm. it's all those things. It's like, they're like, hold up, you know? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so it, it, there's definitely something, there's some sort of, um, force <laughs> at play, but, um, it's and tough. You, you know what, just you saying that, because yeah, I mean, my, I, my mornings are my quiet time. I want to get in. I want the house quiet. I don't have my coffee and inevitably you're right. Like, and I'm never more angry than when in my mind I've sat down because no, everyone's asleep and 25 seconds after I've sat down and I'm like, and then like, I, then it's like zero, like it, it'd be better if they were awake before I even tried, you know, like, so yeah, like that, but the effort to kind of minimize my frustration, right? I mean, rightfully so. It's like your time or whatever. So like the the mental effort it takes to then say, or when you sit down, like I did that, oh, when was it yesterday again? I don't know. I had just, I was doing, oh, my daughter in her state of being overly tired and just frustrated at everything. I had just sat down because whatever, straighten the house, whatever. I just, just literally sat down. She gets out of the bath. Mommy, come upstairs and help me change. I'm like, no, I I literally just sat down. Can you just bring your clothes down here? She had a temper tantrum because it's not fair that she has to do everything for me by bringing her clothes down. Mm -hmm. And I was like the ridiculousness anyways, but the, the knowledge that it's not going to help by me yelling back. Right. Like, and so to calm my own nervous Mm -hmm. system, but what I, where I don't give myself credit for, or where like, when we say we need self-care or the time for ourselves is because I'm like the effort it takes all day to kind of calm your own reactions, be there for somebody else. I don't give myself the credit. Like, that is energy exuded. That is a mental load. Mm. That is like, that is like limiting my own reactions So I could be there for them. And like in a normal day, when I wouldn't have to do this, I would be way more energized by the end of the day. But like, it's giving yourself credit for those little things, but they're big, huge things that like add up throughout the day. You know, by the end of the time, you're like, the end of the day, I'm like, that's why I'm exhausted at seven o'clock, even if I didn't have to leave to go into my corporate job anymore or whatever it may be, you know? I think too, to that point is I need a minute, you know, like, look, I have just done this, this, and this all for you. And I need a minute. I haven't had a minute to myself today. I need to go for a walk or I need to go here. I think that it is actually important for us to do that so that they don't grow up. And so there's a child-centered parenting, right? Where it's kind of like, that's where we are right now. Yeah. Um, And these kids think that they are the center of the universe. And I think that it's really important for moms, especially if they look, look, you know, let me point out all the things that I have done for everybody else and for the house and, and even the invisible things that you don't see. Like I signed you up for lacrosse. I signed you yeah. up for, I coordinated with your friend to have a play date and you're going to be picked up and this and that. And all of those things are important for them to realize that that's all happening behind the scenes or even re- maybe right in front of their face. Cause they don't necessarily see it and that's okay. That's not their fault. Mm-mm. But I think that we owe it to ourselves to say, hold up. 
I just need five minutes. Like, can you dress yourself today? <laughs> or something like that. Um, because I think a lot of times we do feel like we have to, okay, let me do my four, seven, eight breathing and let me just calm myself down and let me hide in the mm. bathroom for a minute so that I can gather myself and they don't see me flustered. Yeah. Well, that's okay. They, it's okay for them to see you flustered and tired. And, and I think that they, we need to tell them why, you know? Yeah. I like that because they never part of self-care. Yeah. And if they never, you're acknowledging it for yourself, but if they never see it, and it's not to blame them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think there's a difference between like the guilt on them versus they see you, they see how you handle it. They see how you recover. They see how you take the time for yourself because they're picking up on all that stuff too. And also. Right. And then they're learning how to be an adult in that fashion too, down the line. You know, they're, yeah. they're seeing you go through it rather than it all just kind of being like behind closed doors. Yeah. And then when they're inevitably handling that, when they're an adult or a teen or whatever mm -hmm. age they reached it is like, they're they're oblivious to it. You know, I think mm -hmm. anyways, we could go down the whole, you know, yeah. our generation versus the previous generation, you can do it all. And it's like, well, you, you can, but you can't, and it's hard. And like, so I think we're kind of living that right now, which is like, okay, we can do it all, but like leave your mm -hmm. job and start your business and have three children and do it. And it's like, well, there's going to be ebbs and flows and it's freaking hard, you know, but you can, but like, make sure you're taking time for yourself too. Um, Okay. What is yeah. your, yeah. so you have, you've, you've been on this, especially we were talking about where we are when we're recording this, it's the middle of winter. Kids are sick. Kids are off school for, it feels like 25 days in a row in January. No one's in school in January. Mm -hmm. um, what is your, what do you go back to, to kind of center yourself? So you've just said, I need a minute, take a walk or whatever, but I know you've been talking a lot about a morning routine that's kind of really centered you. Can you walk us through what is that for you? And what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, we went away this year for Thanksgiving. We went to Asheville and we rented a little cabin. We were like, okay, it's going to be so cozy and fun and different. And, um, everybody gets sick. So we were, everyone was trading the stomach bug throughout the whole oh, week. We did manage to get a couple of hikes God. in and, and we did cook dinner that hardly anybody ate, but, um, and I didn't get sick. Thank goodness. But I got home and I was like, okay, I were w walking into December, the craziest mm -hmm. month. I have mm -hmm. my middle daughter, her birthday is the 21st of December. So it's even extra crazy with the school parties and yeah. her birthday parties and then the holidays and yeah. all that stuff. So yeah. I was like, I have got to change something now. So we got home from that trip and I was like, Kudos, you know by the way, Sorry to interrupt, but kudos for you to even acknowledging that I know it's going to get crazier. I need to address this now. Like, I feel like a lot of us wait till we're at a breaking point. So yeah, good for you. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I start feeling that at the beginning of November. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know. It starts to pick up with like the holiday concerts and violin recitals and whatever. Yeah. Um, it really starts to pick up beginning of November. And so I start to, I start to feel it, feel but it. So we got back from that trip and I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to get up just 25 minutes earlier and I'm going to go downstairs to the basement and I bought myself a happy light. So I don't do well in the winter here. Oh my God. I need one. Is it helping? Yeah. You should get one. <sighs> Amazon. It's like 39 bucks. Um, I, you know, I think it does help. And, and here's why I, and I think it helps with my sleep too, because, you know, so it's dark in the winter, right? It's dark. The sun doesn't come up till like after seven and it goes down at like five, right? So there's not a lot of sunlight and we know for sleep that we need to get sunlight in our eyes, like first thing in the morning, which is nearly mm -hmm. impossible unless you wait till, you know, seven thirty or eight, just when you're trying to get the kids out the door and there's just not enough time for that to wait that long for the sun to rise. So anyway, I got this happy light. And so I'm like, you are, I'm going to go down there 25 minutes. I'm just going to get 25 minutes earlier. So it's not like a drastic, all right, I got to get up an hour earlier. I got to do this full workout and all the things and make the lunches. And I kept it simple. I was like, it's just 25 minutes, get up, go downstairs. I turn on the happy light. I get on my Peloton and I don't even do a workout. I, I turn on the entertainment and I get on Netflix and I watch a show and I ride the bike. And, um, honestly it has helped so much. I, um, not only do I already feel accomplished, but I'm like drinking my water while I'm riding the bike. I'm doing something for myself. I feel like I'm 
it's almost like a guilty pleasure because I'm watching TV too, um, which I don't get to do. It's like checking and then, 10 boxes for you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and no, it's not this rigorous workout, but you know, in the winter, I'm not outside walking around. So this is like my steps for the day, right? Yeah. So this is just moving my body and, you know, warming up because I'm already cold. Um, you know, and after 25 minutes, I come upstairs and I feel like I've already done something for myself okay. and then I'm ready to kind of get everybody ready and out the door and do that whole morning rush routine. And then I just feel so much better. I just, um, it's so simple. It's 25 that. minutes. And on those mornings when my alarm goes off and I'm like, maybe I'll skip it today. You know, I think I'm like, it's 25 minutes. I have yeah. to get up in 25 minutes anyway. Yeah. And I'm going to be cranky because everyone else is getting up too. I'm going to be rushed. I'm going to feel frustrated. I'm going to be agitated and, and probably behind schedule. Yeah. And so the simple, simple routine now it's been almost two months. And, um, I mean, I've done it every day, even I on the weekends. Love that so much. I love that so much because it's the simplicity of it. Like I think a lot of times we get in our heads about what it needs to be. And especially with the new year, there's this indication of like goals and healthy eating and dry January and more water and like all the things. And literally the, yeah. it, it start, well, not only start small, because that's the only way that you'll be consistent, but like, it can be, it could be really impactful, but right. like a seemingly smaller thing. And like you said too, you're like doing the Netflix thing at the same time, but there's something about not only, I, I have to imagine giving yourself that time, but proving to yourself that you can prioritize yourself. Like that for me, when I've done stuff like that, it's as much about the actual act of like the exercise or the, I don't know, sit in a sauna or whatever. I don't know, like read a book, whatever it may be as like proving to myself that like, I'm going to wake up and do this for myself. Like, it's like a feel good on top of a feel good too. That's like, I'm not just there for everyone else all day. And I love that. I love that too, because I've been thinking about also the, the light, because I just notice in January and again, I don't know. I mean, it's darker, it's colder, clearly. The kids have been home more. I'm more, sh I'm shorter with them. And I'm like, all that stuff is totally valid. But I, I do mm -hmm. know I'm impacted by sun and serotonin. And so I want to try that, the light too. And just that like, for 25 minutes, like you said. Why wow, it's that. it's honestly it's so simple. And I I could totally go down the rabbit hole. And this is what I used to do. I used to be like, okay, I gotta get up at five. I have to do my hour-long workout. I have to take a shower. I have to do all the things before. And it was too complicated. So it was yeah. too hard to keep up with. It was yeah. too long. It was too much of a commitment. Yeah. Uh, most New Year's resolutions are there's like a quitter's day now. I yeah. think it's January 12th. Most yeah. New Year's resolutions are done before February. People yeah. have given up. Yeah. And the reason is because they're like, I'm going to do these 25 things every single day. And it's too much to go from zero to 60 like that. Yeah. We have to start really, really small. We have to get that first habit down pat. And we have to prove to ourselves that one, like you said, we can do it. And then that breeds confidence, that breeds um, motivation. And then you've got this consi consistent, you know what, I've already done this for X number of days and I have to get up in 25 minutes anyway. So I might as well just get up and do it. I love that. Versus it's like, you know, you're already awake. You're not going to go back to sleep and get 20 more minutes of deep yeah. sleep yeah. at that point. So, or you've um, but yeah, yourself I think got to start small. And you've proven to yourself how good those 25 minutes feels that the 25 minutes of sleep when you're in the deep sleep and dark and cold or whatever, but you know, mm -hmm. you know that the good you're going to feel because you've been doing it is more than the 20 minutes, what that's going to do from a sleep perspective too. And yes. it's scaffolding. It's like, um, uh, atomic habits, James clear. He talks about mm -hmm. it. It's like scaffolding. So you got to start small, yep. but like you prove to yourself that you can do it and then you can layer on, you can layer on, but just start yeah. somewhere. Like you said, and like, yeah, quitters day we're well past. Yeah. That. It's like crazy. Um, yeah. Habit stacking yeah. little, little by little. So now you had mentioned it earlier, you have a course out that's on perimenopause. Can you talk about what, what made you, how'd you decide to focus on that? Or what was the impetus to create a course that was all about that? Yeah. So, um, I think I had mentioned before, but I left my job in 2019 mm -hmm. because I was like, something's got to give, like, I got to take something off my plate. And, you know, financially we were kind of like, mm, <laughs> let's see how it goes. Yep. Um, but it was just, 
a lot better in terms of me being able to handle the kids. You know, the kids have summers off and all that stuff. So it was all just so stressful. So um, I had quit my job with the intention of starting a course that year on um, really just overall women's health, health and wellness, just basics, you know? Um, And it didn't happen because then we entered 2020 and the pandemic hit and then we were in homeschool hybrid school madness for another year and um and the stress of all of that honestly i think kind of accelerated me into perimenopause um so i guess let me back up for a minute a lot of people aren't really sure what perimenopause versus menopause is so menopause the definition is it's um, 12 consecutive months without a period. Mm. After mm. that, you're in menopause. So when people have all of these um, symptoms, these hot flashes and night sweats and mood swings and um, crime scene periods and all of those different things that are going on and yeah. they're still bleeding, they're in perimenopause. But they mm. say, oh, I think I'm going through menopause. Mm. And I think that it's just a misuse of terms. Yeah. Um, Perimenopause can start as early as 35 and it can go all the way up to 55. Um, the average age of menopause is like 52, 53. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had clients actually that have been in their 50s and they were just starting perimenopause. So it really, there's no rhyme or reason for when yeah. it begins. There's no rhyme or reason for um, how long it's going to last for you. It could last two to 15 years. Um, but so, if we back up again, I, we were in 2020, we had a year ish or so of all of that stress. I started noticing just little symptoms here and there. And I was yeah. just like, Oh, it's stress. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. so that's when I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, I need, and he's like, you need time to yourself, you know? So we kind of yeah. went through all the motions, checked all the boxes. And we were like, um, you've got to, you know, change this, this, and this in your lifestyle. And as I started kind of like walking the talk and doing the things that I was already coaching women on, you know, doing, um, I realized I'm like, you know what? I think it is, my hormones are just out of whack and there's Mm -hmm. no test for perimenopause. You can have a blood test and you can, um, check your hormone levels, but of course they fluctuate throughout the month anyway. So you kind of need a baseline. So it's kind of hard to really say whether you are or aren't, unless you've had blood work done before when you knew that you weren't, and then you test again at the same time in the month. So really we have to go based on symptoms. Yeah. And, um, when I look back, I think that was really the start. So that was, I was 37 at that time. Um, and a lot of times you can chalk it up to, well, it's still postpartum hormone fluctuations, yeah. you know, like I had yes. night sweats after babies when I was nursing yes. and hair loss and regrowth and all of that stuff. And so I was still kind of like, well, maybe I'm still in this like postpartum, like I need to balance my hormones after that stage. Um, I'm not, I'm 41 now. Yeah. And, um, so this has been going on for four years. Um, and what I've, what I've learned along the way is that a lot of women are in the same boat and they don't know it. Um, and so I decided to do my course on this on perimenopause. There's so much information that we don't know. Oh my God. I just, I, I need another hour with you on this because I have so many things forever. I, you know, it's just like, I've talked to women who have gone through baby stage too. And there's a lot of stuff that, and I just talked to a woman who does the fourth trimester. She's doing a course on the fourth trimester because there's a lot of stuff you prep for baby, Mm -hmm. but then the mom, and when you're in like that, like all of the changes that go on, but we started talking and it had me thinking, I'm like, there are so many women, myself included. I had my last child when I was 38 that Mm -hmm. blends the post baby kind of fourth trimester and your body's going through these changes and hormones and you're nursing for another year with this perimenopause, which also is not talked about at at least in my, like at all, because at least my circle, we're going through it together. We don't know. And combine that with young children. And you just feel like we just talked about it. Like you are at your wits end. Women are not giving themselves self-care. So I just chalk Mm -hmm. up a lot to either, okay, I'm still either 
postpartum or I'm just frustrated with my kids, you know, oh, I must be PMSing, but it, it takes this awareness. And I want to dive into that with you of like, that is not, there's stuff going on that you should know. And, and then you combine that with, like you said, the medical industry where it's hard, you can't test to just say, okay, check this box. This is what I'm, what's mm-hmm. happening. And so it's so, I love that you've d- dove into this, that's the right word, dived into this. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just not talked about. And it's like this new, new-ish wave of women having babies later on. And it's this blend of like, what is going on with my hormones right now? They're up and down. And like, I have all these changes, but I, I have kids at home and I'm not sleeping because they're getting in my bed because they're, they've wet the bed or have a night, you know, like there's, there's so many factors in this. So I love it, love it, love it. Can you talk a little bit about like, what are those, some of those symptoms at least you were experiencing that you should like, that, because, and I'll just add to, I just had a friend text me the other day who was saying, she's having these rage hormones, but she's, the kids were home all last week too, you know, with like the snow days and stuff, but she's like, yeah. can you, it's so, it was so funny, Tara. Cause I was, we had this scheduled to record, but she texted me last week. She's like, can you find somebody that talks about hormones? I have these rage hormones. And I, I don't know if it's menopause or what I'm going through right now. And I was like, funny, you say this I actually when talking to Tara. So what are some of the things you should like even look at to even think about this might be what um, a woman is kind of going through or should dig deeper into? Yeah, there are um, a wide range of symptoms. And um, again, sometimes it's hard to pinpoint if that's what's going on or not, because it it, it could be a, a factor of things um, or a variety of things that are impacting how you feel. Yeah. Um, I would say first, the most common ones are those vasomotor symptoms where it's night sweats and um, hot flashes. So mm-hmm. it's um, temperature regulation because hormones are dropping. And, and, um, so then that ratio between different hormones has gotten out of whack. So, um, the distance between your estrogen and your testosterone, for example, has gotten wider. So those are usually for women. Um, for me, it was testosterone. I went and had my blood work done and testosterone was flatlined. Um, and so, um, one key point here is if you're stressed out beyond max, Mm-hmm. And you're always stressed. You're stressed in the morning. You're stressed during the day. You're stressed at night. Maybe you're clenching your jaw when you sleep and you have kids kicking you and you are stressed. If you are making stress hormones, you are not making sex hormones. So if you're making cortisol all the time and you're stressed out, your body is not going to prioritize making testosterone, progesterone, or estrogen. So that right there is going to throw things out of whack. Mm. Um We also have to keep in mind that we women are on two different cycles. We're on the circadian rhythm and also the infradian rhythm, which is Mm -hmm. that's our monthly cycle. And then the circadian is the daily, right? Yeah. Um, So those, there are going to be fluctuations anyway throughout the month. And it's important to kind of know your cycle and know what's normal and your length is going to change. It might be longer. It might be shorter. Um, You might have, um, heavier bleeding. You could have clots or cramps. Um, you could feel beyond exhausted. Like you've been hit by a truck those first couple days of your period, um, fatigue. And then that week before is actually, so let's debunk this too, right? I feel like growing up boys would be like, Oh, they're PMSing, meaning like they're on their period. Well, no, that's actually the week before, right? So that week before your period is, is crucial. That's when your night sweats are going to show up. That's when the rage is going to show up. That's mm-hmm. when, um, maybe the mood swings and the depression crying for no reason. And those things, all of that shows up usually right before your period. And then yeah. you start bleeding. Typically a lot of those go away. You feel yeah. better. Yeah. Um, because that's when your hormones start to come back up, but they bottom out right before you start bleeding. And so that's when you're just kind of like, Oh my God. That's, that's what, what so many, happening? yeah, I've the rage hormones. And I don't know, is that like, mm-hmm. is that common as you enter perimenopause and then into menopause? But it's a lot of women I talk to and they've said around you hit 40, that just cause that happens to be the average at whatever, but it's the rate like mm-hmm. that the week before. And I've joked with my friends too. They're like, I always yeah. know when I want to divorce my husband, that's when I need to tap and be like, oh, I'm probably about to start my period. It's like, it's like, that's like the sign, but yep. is, that, is that a sign to, like you're saying that that's, you're kind of entering into this when those, that those feelings are kind of getting stronger and stronger. Yeah. A hundred percent. I would say if, if any part of your cycle is drastically different than it was 
before than what you remember it being, um, then that's a sign that your hormones are fluctuating quite a bit. So things are body bottoming out earlier. Mm. Um, all of your levels are probably a little bit lower. Um, estrogen is actually the one that is the last to go. Um, that's the driver of your cycle, right? So, um, after you've not had a period for 12 months, that means your estrogen is basically gone. Um, now testosterone plays a huge role in, in, um, cognitive functions. So also that brain fog, the, like you can't think of the word or you forgot what you were going to say. You walk into a room and you don't remember why, um, all of those things. So cog cognitive function, um, rage, emotions, um, depression, wanting to divorce your husband, <laughs> all of those things, that's all, um, testosterone driven. So testosterone is bottoming out faster than you can catch up with it. And, um, that's what's going on there. Um, progesterone is like the calming hormone. So like if you have, um, clots and crime scene periods and pain and massive fatigue, then, um, your progesterone is probably really low as well. Um, so what happens is there's what create, we create some, like an estrogen dominance effect here. And, um, when testosterone and progesterone go too low, then we have mm -hmm. higher estrogen in, in relation to those, right? One thing that a lot of people don't know is that testosterone is a predominant hormone for men. If you were to take out all of the hormones and measure them equally at the same time, testosterone is higher in women than estrogen. Oh. Now we don't have as much testosterone as men and men don't have as much estrogen as women, but testosterone is a major player for how women feel. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of doctors dismiss that they're only looking at progesterone and estrogen. estrogen. Um, another thing to note is if you're on birth control mm. or if you you've been on birth control, or if the doctor just gave you birth control, then that is synthetic hormone replacement that you have just been put on without maybe realizing it. So a lot of women don't really realize that birth control is a type of hormone replacement. Um, taking that progesterone every week is going to help keep your mood even. It's going to, um, it's going to give you a fake bleed week which is, that's what people will assume is their period, but really you're not ovulating. So it's not a natural period. It's just because you stopped taking those pills during that one week. So that is actually going to mask a lot of these first perimenopause symptoms. And what happens is a lot of women will go to their doctor and they'll say, I have rage, I have crime scene periods, and I have all these, like, I'm feel depressed. And they say, okay, here is birth control and an antidepressant. And that's not really the best answer. So I synthetic can hormone label, replacement. I can count five women that I've talked to in the last week that literally that, that has happened. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. Continue on. It's yeah. crazy. That's going to happen, especially if, if you're not seeing an integrative or a naturopathic doctor, if it's just a conventional medical doctor, that's their protocol. And a lot of it is because they don't really understand what's going on. They're not talk, they don't not, they're not taught this in medical school. They spend like a minute on menopause mm -hmm. and that's it. Um, you know, the medical system is designed to give you care throughout your pregnancy. And then it's like, once you're done having kids, women are sort of left to their own devices. You really have to become your own advocate. You have to walk in there and say, no, I, you know, I want these blood tests. I want you to run these numbers. I want help, not just a bandaid. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, a lot of women are scared to do synthetic hormone replacement. You know, it's, there's all this research that talks about how it causes cancer and blood clots and so on and so forth, but birth control is synthetic hormone replacement. So, um, that's something to remember. And a lot of women can't take birth control because of that. They might have blood clots or it might give them high blood high blood pressure or different things like that. But, and so then they'll say, oh, well, let's go in this low, low dose. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I just, that's just a forewarning for yeah. a lot of women. I think that if you're interested in hormone replacement therapy, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is definitely safe. Mm -hmm. um, there are a lot of options for that. A lot of um, 
conventional medical doctors don't offer it. So you would need to find a provider, a provider that does offer that as an option. So it's just something I dive into it more in the course to talk about the two differences and all of the different options and how to find a doctor that will uh, work with you in that regard. Yeah. But during perimenopause, hormone replacement therapy is not really necessary if you can pay attention to your cycle and implement a few simple lifestyle changes, you can really rebalance those hormones. Um, the, the intensity of your symptoms, it's going to be based on the way you live your lifestyle period. So <clears throat> to reiterate kind of what you've talked us through now is the first step. A lot of women miss is even the awareness that they're entering this phase because it's not tested or we mm -hmm. just blame it on a, many other factors that we're all dealing with anyways. You know, we talk about the mental load. So there's right. your cognitive loss that you can just blame it on. I have way too much stuff going on or the frustration because the kids are home and the mm -hmm. husband and everything, but that could also be the rage hormones increasing. So a lot of the stuff is awareness. And, you know, you talk about this in your course, but then once there's this awareness, you do have to kind of be your own advocate and you and, you know, you dive into this more, it sounds like, but around what are those types of blood tests we could get? What are we really looking for? And it's really trying to figure out where our hormone levels are and where they are within the cycle. Is that correct so far? What you've talked us through? Yes. And then as you said, so you're really not into menopause until you've lost your period. You haven't had a period for a year. And so mm -hmm. then the next step, okay, I think I'm in perimenopause. I think this is what I'm dealing with. I am going to do the test, but what is it? And so now there are things that you said you can do. And the goal is to really try and balance your hormones to ride through till you're on the other side of it. Is that, is that the right kind of the goal? Or am I saying that right? Yeah. So I would um, begin with lifestyle changes. Of course, I would start with diet, exercise, stress management, and sleep. Those are the big players um, in terms of our body being able to make our own hormones. Yeah. And, um, you know, to not do things that are inhibiting uh, um, our own production of hormones, right? Yeah. So that's that's definitely step number one. I would say if you are doing that, you've got it down pat, and um, you know you're you're still bleeding, you're still having your period, maybe not even every month, but every you know thirty six days or whatever it might be. Um, if you're still having a period and your symptoms are just um, too intense and it's just not, not, um, going backwards because there will be a point right where diet and lifestyle is going to set you up. It's going to be your foundation forever, mm -hmm. but there's going to be a point where those hormones are going to take control and they are just going to start dipping down and you're going to start seeing, more, uh, you know, maybe it's hot flashes during the day rather than just night sweats during the night. Um, but various things will occur. And then once that happens, hormone replacement therapy is an option. And that's mm. where we talk about that in the course too. Bioidentical is what I would recommend. Um, a lot of women may start with just progesterone mm. and um, that can take care of a lot of things that can take care of um, mood and night sweats and crime scene periods, kind of like all in one, depending on where you are. So progesterone makes testosterone in our body. So if you mm -hmm. give the body progesterone, then you might take care, care of those lower testosterone levels as well. Um, so I would consider that. And I personally will definitely do that later on because honestly, it's not just about these symptoms and taking care of that. As once we turn 30, our muscle starts to drop off. Mm -hmm. So we start losing muscle regularly and, and, and it becomes more and more rapid the older that we get. Um, and also as we lose these hormones, it impacts our cognitive function. It impacts our bone mass and our muscle mass. Yeah. And so as we get older, if you want to stay, um, away of the risk of osteoporosis and falling and breaking your hip and those things you need to have, you need to maintain your muscle mass. You also need to keep your bone strength high. And so testosterone, not just testosterone, but hormone replacement is going to help your body maintain all of those super important pieces of the puzzle. Um, and so again, you know, we set these foundations up now where we're strength training, right? We're yeah. eating uh, a protein focused diet to help either build up muscle now so that we have it later on and we're not as weak. And if you have that muscle, it's going to help protect your bones. 
but as we get older and you know, menopause is, is inevitable, whether you do hormone replacement or not, it is going to happen for every single woman at some point. Um, and it's honestly just how you're going to manage it. And you have to kind of think about how, how you want to feel when you're older. So, you know, um, you don't want to have weak and brittle bones and have no muscle and have no mobility. Yeah. So we want to start a, start this now when we're in our forties, because otherwise, if you don't have that foundation, it's going to be really, really hard to start once you're mid fifties, sixties, seventies. Um, and, and that decline and that muscle loss has already happened. It's just going to be so much harder to build muscle, let alone maintain what you have. Um, so again, I'm, I'm an advocate for bioidentical hormone replacement just yeah. because it's going to protect your bones. It's going to protect your muscle mass and your brain. Um, and those are just so important for longevity and how we want to feel and live as we age. Aging's inevitable, but you don't have to feel yeah. awful. And you also don't have to just start deteriorating. Um, and I think if you want to maintain mobility and that sort of active lifestyle as you age too, that's another consideration. Um, but you know, I think hormone replacement therapy is going to be a very individual decision. And, um, of course, talking to and working with a doctor and looking at your blood work and your levels for your hormones and tracking that and how you feel and finding the right levels of everything is, is also very important. It's a little bit trial and error, but um, but diet and lifestyle, stress management, strength training, sleep, all of those things are going to help balance your hormones as you enter that stage. So you're going to have a less rocky road. Um, and I think that that's another key too, is like, I don't think that we can eliminate symptoms completely. They're going to happen, but some people have an awful, awful time and they are just struggling so much and no one is helping them. Doctors aren't helping them and they're not saying you need to, you know, manage your stress and you need to strength train and you need to do X, Y, and Z and eat and have more protein and make sure you're getting enough vegetables. Um, people aren't guiding them yeah. in that way and they are just having a horrible time. Um, so I think that that's really my goal. And that's what I think everyone's goal should be is in perimenopause through your forties, you're setting yourself up for an easier transition into menopause. And then at that point, looking at hormone replacement therapy, if things are, um, you know, more intense than yeah. you would like, because we don't have to suffer. And, and I think that at a certain point you do want to think about, you know, bone and muscle and brain protection. So good. Can I, I'm just, for all of you who can't see, I'm holding up, <clears throat> I have a page of notes from what Tara's just like, it is crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. The lack, I'll just, my, I'll use myself, but the lack of knowledge that I have and that I know a mm -hmm. lot of women, a lot of women that I know have around this. And I'll just, I'll just like full circle to the beginning of our conversation. It, for me, it really, it's, it's like self-care. And if we're not one, we're not doing it. We're not aware of what we really need just in a general sense. Like you talked about stress and the kids asking a lot of you, like, of course, we're not going to tune into like, God, something's changing. I'm going to really prioritize myself and my health. And so, yes, yes. Of course. Like you talked about when you get to a point where you like the, you know, daytime, like fluctuations, it's not just night sweats it's during the day. It's all the stuff you will need to, you know, and you get to the point where per perhaps hormone replacement therapy is an option. You're going to be with your doctor, but a lot of this stuff is being aware of what's going on and making, like you said, some of those mm -hmm. lifestyle changes and just being your own advocate. And so it's so critical because it is just a, it's a, it's a huge, like, <laughs> say period at the end of the sentence, but ironically, as we're talking about of at the end of like self-care is like, this is what you need mm -hmm. as you enter into like yeah. your body literally needs it and going, moving from a reactive state. Like you said, when you went to the doctor and you're like, I just, I don't know what I'm at my wits end. We haven't, you know, I don't need my six week postpartum checkup or, you know, anymore. We only need to go every two years, whatever it is to saying like, I'm going to be really proactive because I know this is coming. I know not only I'm starting to notice changes mm -hmm. now, I'm having rage hormones, whatever it is, but I know like you had mentioned osteoporosis, the things that are going to come and it's like facing that now and knowing that it's just, it doesn't have to be miserable and horrible. We can make some changes now. It's just kind of equipping yourself with that information. So, so, so important and mind blowing. And I 
clearly you're a wealth of knowledge on all of this. How do you, so you have a new course out that you've, that kind of dives into everything that we've just talked about. Where can people Mm -hmm. find you? What's the best place? Where can we go to get that course? Yeah. So um, you can go to my website. It's tarahansky.com forward slash course. And I think I sent you the link. Um, And the, yeah, the course information is there. It is on a new year sale. So it's $400 off right now now to help everybody out. <laughs> Love it. Um, and then I also have um, a guide that can kind of, if people are just sort of interested, they're not really sure if they're in perimenopause, this, this guide will walk them through and show them sort of, okay, if you're having this symptom, this is the system that it's affecting. And, um, you know, you may or may not be in perimenopause. And here are a couple of things that you can do in that guide. I sent you that link and then um, they can download that for free. I also actually have a free 10 day, um, mini course that's delivered through email. That's all about self-care for this age, um, for women in their forties in perimenopause. And it's, it's really, really the, um, it's not like self-care, like going to target by yourself and running some errands and checking off some boxes that you already have Mm -hmm. to do. This is like, what do do you enjoy doing self-care? Like, let's get back to like, what fills up your cup. Maybe it's not just a nap or a walk by yourself. Maybe you used to paint and you love to paint and you should get back to painting. Um, or maybe it's listening to music. Like I remember there was a time where (laughs) I didn't listen to music in the car because it was either kid music or I was just by myself. And so I just didn't want any noise. Um, you know, so little things like that. It's kind of like getting back to who you are. What is your identity? Who do you want to be? That kind of self-care. It's not just let's take a bath and feel better. No. Um, that can be part of it too, of course. Of but course. so that is also free. I'll shoot you that link um, you. where they yeah. can sign up and get that. It's all delivered via email. And then Instagram, of course, is where I'm active most. Just my name. I'm Tara Hansky. And I will put all this in the show notes. I can't wait. How long is the course? Is it self-paced? But I do want to say one little thing about, it's self-paced. It's um, six modules. Um, But so I recommend everybody go through one module per week, ideally. However, if you, you know, the content is designed so that you can listen to multiple lessons in a short period of time. So a lot of them are, you know, 10 minutes. Um, So each lesson is short and sweet. And then there are action sheets that they can download and get into action with that. But um, I do recommend you kind of take it slow and do a one module per week. So so you can really implement and like notice some changes and see how how you feel and see what's working for you. But yeah, there's a lot of education into it too. We, we do um, a section all about the hormones and you know, what each hormone does. And so there's, there is a lot of education around your cycle your hormones, because I don't, I didn't know any of that until I really started researching it. You know, we're not taught, we're really not really taught about our cycle at all. Um, so it's really important to learn. (laughs) It's, it's, it's amazing. The, the gap in information. And it's interesting because I think the last, I mean, besides, you know, once you go through pregnancy and and talk to friends and family and everything that the changes clearly in your body that, but my son is in middle school and he's doing his health course. So he's learned like, that was probably the last time that I was like, literally like an education on this is what the three hormones are. So hearing you talk about that, I'm like, I just, I don't even know what the hormones are meant to do. And like, you're talking about women have as much testosterone, Mm -hmm. but like, it's just, it's amazing. And then honestly, just the baseline of like, what, where am I normally? And then where am I now? So, you know, kind of the change. And it's just part of like, if you know your weight and your height, you really should be knowing kind of some of these baseline things, especially as we know our bodies are going through these big changes, just so you can, to your point, you can be your own self-advocate, which is just a, just a, like a, a, um, like a real lesson to me. It's like, it's like you're talking to me right now. I'm like, okay, I have my takeaways that I need to make an appointment. Um, yeah, Tara, thank you so much. So I put all this, I'm going to put all this in the show notes. I'm going to have the links to the course and the guide and the 10, I mean, just a ton of information. And like you said, um, I know you're active on Instagram too. So if anyone wants to follow you, they can go to at Tara Hansky. Um, 
thank you so much. This like you've yeah, been thank doing you like so I, much for having me. I mean, just I just I feel like there's going to be a part two also of just there's so many so much information and so much out there. And this has been something that I've talked to a ton of women. So um, thank you for doing this and just putting this together as even just like a baseline of like, what do we need to know? So so important. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. And um, I think that a lot of this goes back to I was listening to your podcast and your first one, especially it was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is exactly how I have felt just, you know, lost and in that messy middle of unsure and uncertainty and frustration all at the same time. And, um, I do think that it all ties together, right? Everything, all of this stuff. And I think women, even if you're not a mom, women in general, just need to learn to take care of themselves because you can have it all. And, um, you maybe can, but not all at the same time. Yeah. Or not all at the same time. And to your point, it's been this evolution for me too, is that like, it is messy, but it's hard when you're trying to do it all, but it starts with an awareness of what you need and what you want and understanding when you've reached your limits and what those boundaries are and what you're really trying to do it and why. And so it's this, it's this real reflection period, but I just think, so many of us get on autopilot because of necessity, honestly, through having kids and jobs and taking care of parents, yeah. like all that stuff that it's kind of, so many women I know reach a point somewhere between mid thirties, mid forties, where it's like, wait, I've got to pause and like redirect and like kind of figure out who I am, both physically, mentally, professionally, spirit, like all this stuff. And it's just, but then you're like, where do I even start? So this is such a yeah. thank you for one talking personally on just kind of how you've done it too, but then also putting this out there from a physical standpoint too, because that's such an important part of it too, is like just pausing and reflecting and like, what do I even need and what am I feeling and what, you know, like all the stuff that's going on. So um, yeah, super important. So thank you. Um, Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. My goal is for you to take away something that helps you, even if it's the knowledge that you're not alone in this crazy life journey. And if this resonated with you, I'd love for you to share with someone who you think would enjoy this as well. And until next time, I appreciate you and hope you continue to embrace your beautiful, amazing, and messy life.